We're so glad you're at church today. Pastor Aaron and I, we love to see you uh, at church. We're about a six-year-old church, so we're still kind of a, we're a big boy church now. And uh, God is doing some pretty amazing things in the city. Um, next week uh, is Mother's Day. So let's get mom out to church. Like, look, you should probably do breakfast in bed or something. What I shouldn't have done, sorry guys, I shouldn't have done that in front of your wives and stuff. That's on me. That's, that's my bad. But, um, but then bring mom to church. We're going to spoil her a little bit. And Pastor Aaron is going to be preaching. And so getting, getting Pastor Aaron to preach is like pulling teeth. But on Mother's Day, like what's she going to say, right? So she's been voluntold and uh, it's going to be great. She does such a great job uh, on stage, but she really, uh, really hates it. And so that makes me really love it. And so, um, but I think um, she's going to ask the question, how do we really hear from God for our families? And so um, now your family may look a little different than our family does, but you still have family and you still have people. And if you maybe don't, you're not married and you don't have kids yet or whatever that looks like, there's still the family of God that you are responsible for and to. And so how do we hear from God uh, for people? And she's going to respond to that. Um, also, I would like to just personally thank everybody who served at the Inspire Girl uh, thing here on, on Friday. There was like 250, like 8 to 18-year-old girls. And I think the identity of girls um, as God's daughters has been challenged lately. And uh, what an incredible night. And uh, thank you, Dream Teamers, for doing that. When you come to a night like that, look, it's like it's a lot of work. But then you come and you're like, oh my goodness, can you imagine the ripple effect of every life of every precious girl of God and the ripple effect of what happens there? That, I mean, that fills my gas tank. I could go, I could go another month just seeing, seeing that. So, um, there's also, because the men are like, what about us? Um, there's a men's breakfast on Saturday. So this QR code for everything on the back of the chairs in front of you. Feel free to sign up even while I'm talking. Um, so there's a men's breakfast. And uh, senior citizens are also welcome to that. Anybody who turned uh, 40 today. Oh, Derek. Oh, happy birthday, Derek. That's a little shot of love from Edwards. Please embarrass him from the stage, he said. And I'm like, I can do that. Um, when men start doing, <laughs> doing the gospel together, there's nothing that can stop us. And so that's, I mean, God loves his girls and God loves his boys. And I'll tell you, men, come out to that breakfast. Bring a friend, too. Um, that is the best way to connect another man is to uh, connect him with a group of men so that he finds out Christians are a bunch of uh, soft weirdos. I think some people won't come to church because they think that church is a soft, weird place. And I'm like, we got some soldiers here. We have a high percentage of men engaged in the gospel because it's a high-challenge environment. And we think this is like your best life is right here. So... Um, yeah, so many things I want to say. Um, here's a funny thing. Here's a weird thing. You like weird stuff? I like weird stuff. Okay. I was watching um, uh, King Charles' coronation yesterday. Okay, hold on. Why? Stop it. Well, here's the thing. I saw our prime minister there, and um, in the pomp and the ceremony. In the Anglican Church, 
where our prime minister heard the entirety of the gospel. It was the most Christian thing I have seen on TV in decades. And I'm like, I've been praying for our prime minister. And he heard the whole gospel at the coronation of King Charles. So I don't know how you feel about that. And I don't care because the gospel was preached in there to millions and millions of people. And I'm like, it was incredible. And our poor Canadian announcers are like, well, you know, for our country. I'm like, let it be a Christian thing. Why do you think the throne has stood for so long? I'm like, there's something about the majesty of God that I saw in that ceremony that we don't see here. And uh, familiarity can bring contempt too. So I know we got this like contemporary church thing going on, but there is this space of holiness that if God showed up, like, oh. So let's treat the Lord with some reverence because that was powerful. Now today, um, I'm going to be talking about crazy, so it'll explain, it'll explain your week, it'll explain your next week. Thanks, Sean. Sean's my accountability partner, so he sees my crazy, and he loves me anyways, just like we love you. Um, and today's going to be, I brought a little confessional booth here that, that my daughter Ailish bought me for Christmas. And today is going to be a tricky one because most of the time I'm preaching about principles that I've been living for a little bit. This one here, I'm, as the Lord is uh, correcting me this week, I realize I got to make some shifts and some changes. I'll give you the topic in a minute. I just realized I'm not getting uh, this right in our, in our family, so we're going to go home and, and do some changes. And so this is a confessional booth that sometimes I sit on my office just so when I'm talking to people, I can push it and just make everybody feel weird. Um, Tell me your sins. You are forgiven. So it's going to be one of those kinds of Sundays. And the crazy in your life is connected to something that you don't think it's connected to. And if you keep hunting around trying to fix your own crazy in the same ways that you've been trying to fix your own crazy or fix your spouse, that's easier. <laughs> um, it's not what you think it is. Now, there's like minor crazy and then there's major crazy. Minor crazy is when uh, my daughter Katie, I have four daughters, by the way, so I'm in touch with my emotions or whatever. And um, I tell people I'm like a psychologist that's working for free and not very good. Um, he can't say that about us. I'm like, I live with five of you. I can say whatever I want. And I'm also not afraid of you. I'm a little afraid of you. Okay, so, but Katie one time... Ailish has her first day, we think, of, kin, uh, of grade one. It's her first day of grade one, and she gets to school. Now, we would drive our kids to, you drive your kids to the first day of school sometimes, right? So uh, our kids used to go to a Christian school out in the country before we moved to Airdrie. And so, so Pastor Aaron drove uh, the kids to school that day. And so Ailish is getting all set up, you know, with her backpack, grade one. She walks in. She's getting all set up. And then Katie, who's three, comes in behind her. And she walks in, and, and she also had a backpack. And, and Katie goes, where's my desk? And then she lost her Holy Spirit <laughs> right there. You know, those are the, the like, parent of the year awards. Because you, you didn't understand that, like, she went crazy there, but there were signs that, like, she, she packed her own lunch that, that morning. <laughs> 
and Pastor Aaron kind of missed it. I was, I was working in those days, and so I was never around uh, during those times, and so it wasn't my fault. Because I totally noticed things like that. There are signs before you get crazy that are there, but if you don't know what you're looking for sometimes. And so she got her lunch ready. She was all ready to start school. And then she found out that she was going to have to wait another three years to start grade one, you know, or a couple to start kindergarten. And that was a huge, like, wrecking bar in her, in her life. Um, then you get into some major crazy, which I think we're seeing in society now. My unchurched neighbors are even like, something else is going on. They're like, this is insanity, what they're, we're hearing in schools and with all this woke stuff. And, and they're like, well, none of this even makes any sense. They're like, we're grateful that our kids are already older, but the trouble is our grandkids are in school now. And like, we're worried. And stuff is like, I'll tell you about a commercial I saw the other day that you won't even believe. And then you'll watch it and be like, this is on television right now. Um, And I I think sometimes what we do is we look and we're like, hey, we think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But I think right now, I don't think it's a light. I think it's a train. I think it's the crazy train. And God has given something to every Christ follower. He's given it to the world, actually. It would would help the world as well to uh, stop that crazy train. Now, crazy doesn't happen in a day, but it can be stopped in a day. And that day is called Sabbath. Now, you might be new to church. You've never heard this word before, Sabbath. Crazy doesn't happen in a day. Like, your mother-in-law didn't wake up crazy one day. She'd been crazy a while. It's taken a long time. It doesn't happen in a day, but it can be stopped in a day, a day that is God's gift to us, that we are not unwrapping anymore. It is called the Sabbath. Now, I love this whole branding thing that Jesse did for us here. Uh, and this series is called Reboot. And it's about the Sabbath, the Sabbath day. One day is for stopping crazy. Now, one day a week is for the why. If you don't have the right why, all the what's and how's will confuse you and will mislead you. And then you'll lose your why. You'll lose your purpose. You'll lose your... And then everything becomes hard. Have you ever lost your why in marriage? And you're like, why am I even doing this anymore? Or your kids... I mean, you can't lose your why in the diaper changing. Why? Because God has called that child to change the world around them. And this is not a diaper. This is every chance I get, I got to touch my child. I got to love my child. I got to speak words and I got to sing over my child. I got to pray over my child because this child is going to do something that matters. And, you know, well, one day a week is for, is for why. One day is supposed to belong to the Lord. If it doesn't, we doom ourselves to hitting walls and facing massive shock stops in every area. Because this is what's happening. People's brains are not resetting. My phone got bogged down, so I have another phone coming, but it's starting to drop calls. So I'll be talking to like Tyler on the phone and then it'll just cut out and then Tyler's like, what? What happened? Was there something I said? It's always something he says. In other news, I've resolved not to talk to crazy people on the phone anymore. If you're going to be crazy on the phone, I'm just going to hang up and be like, just call back when, when you're not crazy anymore. Um, not that Tyler's crazy. <laughs> Tyler's a good guy. But if you just keep living your life the way that you're living it, you won't have a chance to reboot. It'll start bogging down. All the things that used to be easy are going to get hard. 
You're going to lose your why. You're going to start dropping calls. You're going to start dropping calls with God. You're going to start dropping calls with people. You're going to start getting disconnected, unconnected, and life is going to get meaningless really quick. Then you're going to really learn what work is like and work for no uh, good end. And that is not what God uh, had intended for you, but we got to get back onto what God did intend. Now, you need a reboot in some area of your life. If you don't get a reboot, you're going to get the boot. That was powerful. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Wish you guys loved me like my mom loved me. <laughs> There's something that you think right now that's totally wrong. And a year ago, if I had told you that you think that, or you've said that, you tell me that's a crazy person. Something you feel right now, and you're emotional. There's something you feel that is totally wrong, totally off base. You're off the rails. If I told you that you were going to spend money on the thing that you bought last week, a year ago, you'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm all about budgeting and Dave Ramsey and being generous to the Lord. I'm like, no, you took your tithe money and spent it on tacos. And a year ago, you just said, that's a crazy person. Something that I've done, I'm doing it right now while you're at church is I'm installing cameras in your home so that the next time you have an argument with your spouse, you can watch it back later. And then you can show your teenager, see, that's what crazy looks like. Do you see my eyes glaze over there? That's what a crazy person looks like, honey. If you're new to church, I'm not installing cameras. Because I'm here. I paid somebody else to do it. No. <laughs> also, if you're in church, we, this is how we sort of talk at church. I, saw, I went over to the house of my dad's worship leader one time, who wasn't a great worship leader. She spent most of the service weeping. I'm like, that's always difficult to preach after. If the entire worship team is like... <laughs> I mean, cry, like church is for ugly crying. I get it. But like every service, like weeping and like, oh, it's hopeless. I'm like, well, no, like anyways. Um, so I went over to her house one time and I was having coffee there and her teenage girl got a leg cramp, a teenage maybe, or maybe not quite, but in that age range, got a leg cramp in the floor of the living room and went straight like zero to screaming at her mother. And like in the Cope home, I don't know what home you grew up in, but in the Cope home, if you ever screamed at mom, like you just go and lie down on the driveway <laughs> and like just save everybody a lot of time. Cause mom is like, you, man, you don't get to talk. Nobody talked to a mom like that. And she starts screaming and losing and screaming at her mom. And I'm thinking the pastor's son is in your house. My dad was a pastor. I'm like, this is her best behavior. Like, if my kid's in your house, you're going to be, like, nice to the dog and all the things, right? You'll be like, oh, this is our, this is our amazing life. Look, I cleaned the toilet. <laughs> like, that's your best behavior. And I realized, crazy, it's been like this a while. If that's coming out in the worst place in front of the worst person for it to come out to. See, here's the problem with being crazy. Only crazy people like you. It always worries me when one crazy piece person marries a not crazy person. 
Because, like, normal people don't hang out with crazy people. Like, they don't. They just get tired of trying to figure you out. Because the rules kind of keep changing, depending on your mood and depending on who you think is victimizing you about everything. And like, Everybody goes through hard things, but some people go through it and are not crazy. Here's the other thing. The God of all health and holiness doesn't hang out with crazy. He'll put a stop to it. He'll help you get over it. He'll help you get better. But he's not going to hang out with you and be like, hey, it's okay to be crazy. And I don't mean people suffering with anxiety or depression. I do think that the Lord has the key to that as well. I'm not talking about that. I mean, when you get something crazy stuck in your head, and you just get angry and weird. And I don't think the God of all health and holiness is going to like sit there. I don't know. Okay, so if I threw a, a, a hissy fit at home and started kicking and screaming in the living room, and my dad was in the house, my dad would just like walk around me to get to where he was going. And be like, hey, if you need attention or help, just like talk like a normal person. And I'll, I'll give you attention if that's what you need or help. I can solve your problems. But if you're just going to throw a crazy fit in the middle of the thing, dad's not crazy. So moving on. Oh, your dad was a horrible man. You know what? He didn't raise crazy kids because we weren't allowed to be crazy. And if we had problems, let's talk about the problems instead of creating more problems. You know, I think sometimes what's going on is like, we're like bad cop, bad cop. We're like, oh, I thought you were going for like bad cop. I thought you were, I'm going to go like bad cop, bad cop. I'm like, more crazy doesn't help crazy. I feel like that society and what we're doing right now. And I know somebody out here is like, you can't even say crazy anymore. I'm like, that's what crazy people say. You can't call us crazy. I'm like, somebody has to. <laughs> it's like, you know, the name you can't mention, Voldemort. Voldemort. But I mean, like, if you're crazy, you're crazy. You need to be like, I'm, I'm a crazy person. I, I go crazy. I act crazy sometimes. It's hard for God to fix a, a disease that you don't think you have or won't say that you have. Do you think he should just fix you while you're, like, denying that you're sick? I don't think God resists the proud, you know. I think the craziest thing right now in society is that we're calling crazy people normal. You know, this is what we're doing. We're like, it's not you, it's the rest of us. <laughs> like, let's add dysfunction to our function so that your dysfunction feels better to you. No, I don't think that's honest. And I don't think it's helpful. Letting somebody be crazy and being like, hey, no, everybody's crazy. It's fine. Why don't you just be like, hey, you don't need to be crazy anymore. I had somebody overhear me say something to my wife. And like, you know, we're spouses. We fight with each other. I like a good fight. Pastor Erin doesn't. She's a peacemaker. But I, over, you know, I was frustrated with her about something. And I said something to her. And then this person said, did you just say this to your wife? And then, then she said, like a sentence. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, why are you listening to this conversation? This marriage does not include you. 
I have people in my life that can bring correction to me, and it's not you. So that's what I thought. I should have said that, but that's what I was thinking. But what came out of my mouth was, she said, did you say this? And then she said a line, and I said, no, I didn't say that. And then she proceeded to get angry at me for something that I didn't say. I'm like, that's crazy. That's like a definition of crazy. Because crazy people think that everybody makes up stuff all the time. And crazy people think that if they get angry enough, they're crazy. It's true. You want to get angry at somebody like me for something I didn't even say? And then you want respect next, I suppose. And you want me to listen to you and do the thing to fix the thing I didn't do? Like, none of it makes any sense. One day of the week is more important than every other day. And if it's not special, you'll become very unspecial. And God made you to be special. It's like um, every dollar in your bank account is not the same. Every dollar of our income, for every $10 of our income, $1 matters more. We give a tenth of our income before taxes because I want to avoid government crazy if I can. So I give on the biggest number. That's what we give on. Most of us do that. Cause I, why? Because I think the government's not going to handle that money and I want it to be tithed on before they get it because it's not going to be redeemed. There's nothing going to redeem that out there. The way they're spending money. But there's one day, one dollar that matters more than the other dollar. Now I can spend that dollar on tacos or I can invest it with God. You tell me which dollar matters more. Well, there's one day of the week that you're supposed to be investing with God. You tell me which day matters more. Or you can spend it on what you normally spend on. But I know that... The $9 out of the 10 with God goes a lot further than the $10 with just us. And all it costs me is $1 to get God as my partner. And it's like, well, the week is that. There's seven days of the week. If you give one to God, the six other days are going to go a lot further. Or if you spend them all on yourself or on your own desires or your own pursuits. You can get onto God's economy and God's rest. Now, the Sabbath day, I should, I should mention... It's technically Saturday. That's what the Jews used to celebrate. The reason that the church now celebrates Sundays is because the early believers met on the first day of the week. So which preaches well with my sermon because like the first dollar goes to the Lord. The first day of the week goes to the Lord. That's when they would meet and have church. So that became the Sabbath of the early church. And so I will say that the day that it is is less important than us not doing the day and actually keeping the day. And I'll explain a little bit about that. Every part of our nation that has stopped observing the Sabbath day of rest is a little crazy. The commercial that I saw was two grown men dressed up like ballerina clowns or something. Squeezing teddy bears and dancing around like maniacs. It is now the kidshelpphone.ca commercial. And I'm thinking, whoever made the commercial needs to call the number. Like something like just be yourself or just, I don't even know. I do know that if his, a kid is in a home where things are getting crazy with an alcoholic dad, they're not calling that number. They think that crazy is going to fix them. If I'm a kid and in, I'm not calling that number if that's the commercial that I just saw. Two grown men dressed like ballerinas squeezing teddy bears and dancing around. I need some help. I need some normality. I don't need to be told that crazy is okay and going to fix me. It's not. I need help with real crazy, not help with made up crazy because we got too much money in a commercial budget. 
I think my grandpa, if my grandpa was alive and saw that, he'd be like, I fled from Russia for that? I left crazy. I don't want my grandkids and growing up in... Sabbath keeps crazy away with these five things. Worship and wonder. Number two. I didn't know where we're stacking these. Gratitude and generosity. And the third thing is small course corrections. That's what keeps crazy away. My favorite people on earth are crazy Christians. There's like Christian Christians, and that's everybody that comes on Sunday morning. Because you know you're not allowed to be crazy here. And until you get in your car on the way home. And then you become a crazy Christian driver. I'm a crazy Christian driver. If you saw me driving on the way to church, like I drop kids off at school and Keelan's one of those kids. Every day she hears me rant about airdrew drivers. I'm like, oh my God. It's like a normal thing for her now. It brings security to her. If you saw me driving on the way to church, I'd be like, ah. I'm like, every time I stop at a stoplight, I'm like, we need an overpass. We need six overpasses between here and my house. I do not have time for this. I do not have time for idiots on the road. Turning lanes, people. Get your car in the intersection and move cars through there. I'm going to stop behind the line. I just want safety. Who cares about safety? Let's go. If you saw me coming to church and turning into the church parking lot, you'd be like, that guy needs Jesus. He's going to the right place. And you see me parking my spot behind the church. You're like, oh. It's the white car. Some of y'all are like Christian Christians at church, but at home you're still a crazy Christian. Using God and scripture to leverage your crazy. That doesn't make it uncrazy, everybody. You're going to stand. We're going to be judged for what we are everywhere. You should be one person everywhere. Look, I'd rather you were a little crazy at church so that we could figure it out earlier. Than hearing from, you know, like a friend of mine that works with somebody who goes to church with it. Got cussed up and down by her at work. I'm like, that's a problem. Cussing and swearing in front of what? You want to keep your job? You want to keep your friends? Like, come on, guys. Crazy's crazy. The, the Lord, you see, you're going to try to fix it by doing all these other things. But the Lord, if you would fix the Sabbath day, the crazy would get fixed. Because one day is supposed to... Let me, look, I say these things to hurt you because I love you. My dad said stuff to me. He's like, you can't live like that. You cannot throw a baseball bat at your brother. If I got one of you woke dads out there, they'd be like, I guess that's how he's expressing himself. Then my dad would express himself and my mom would express her Irish self. Then you find out where you stood. She'll still yell at me for stuff. How do I know I'm crazy, pastor? I'm glad you asked. Has anyone called you crazy in the last month? It's a pretty good indicator. Although crazy people figure this out. When they're crazy, they call you crazy first. Which is kind of cheating, really. You're crazy. When crazy people are crazy and you're arguing with them, everything that they're saying about you is what they ought to be fixing. And by the way, I'll just save you a whole bunch of argument time. If, I get, if a crazy person calls me a liar, I know that they're the liar, and that's really the problem. It's hard to say, like, but you're the liar, because they already stole it. They played the wild card, you know? They just got there first. Okay, number two. Does what they say in an argument change what you were going to say next. Because if it doesn't, you're crazy. You just got stuff you want to like get off your chest. And your wife's like, 
well, no, but I didn't do that. That was one of the kids. And then you give her heck as if it was her. That's called being crazy. Number three, do people look for hidden cameras when they're arguing with you? I said this to some crazy person talking to me one time. I'm like, am I being punked? I said this. I'm like, am I on camera? Because none of this makes any sense to me. If you have an issue you want to talk about, we could talk about that. But this is so crazy. True story. How many seconds does a response take when you feel threatened? If the answer is zero, you're crazy. You're not even accessing memory or brain anymore. You just like, fire. Ready, fire, aim. You know? (laughs) Got him. Do you go for it to win an argument? This is what I do. Like every time, I always do this. I don't know why I keep doing the same stupid thing, but I'll be like, what, what movie is that actor in? And Pastor Aaron will be like, this movie. And I'm like, no, it's not that movie. She'll be like, it's that movie. I'm telling you. I'm like, it's not that movie. Aaron, you're so proud. Just take it back. It's not that movie. She'll be like, Google it. And I'm like, Aaron, I'm going to Google it. I'm Googling it right now. I'm like, Aaron, it's not too late to take your, be humble and to admit that you were wrong. And she's like, What does Google say? I have never not done this. I've never not paused for a really long time and then said, Google doesn't know. (laughs) And then changed the subject. You know in that argument when you like, while you're still conscious before you go unconsciously crazy? You know in the argument when you're like, oh, I think I might be wrong. And then you decide to go for it. (laughs) You know, like, I'm just going to bad cop, bad cop. Let's go. Now, Sabbath started at creation. Jesus observed the Sabbath as well. He just didn't observe it in the way that the traditions of the elders were telling him to because they had made up a bunch of rules that they equated with God's rules that didn't help them keep God's rules. But, um, but there's Ten Commandments, and there's one that we all break, and we're all totally okay with it, but God isn't. Most of the other commandments are like, you shall not murder. One line, period, next commandment. Why? Because you don't really need to explain murder to somebody. But then there's the Sabbath. Watch how, how much scripture this takes. Remember, God carves on stones and gives to Moses. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. Dedicated to you, to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. What does this mean? Plan ahead. Plan ahead. I'll explain in a bit. Like feed the dog, but plan ahead. Pastor said to starve your dogs on the Sabbath day. (laughs) Starve your cats, guys. Starve your cats. (laughs) This includes you, your sons. I don't like cats. This includes you. Well, it doesn't include us anymore. Sure it does. It includes you, your sons and daughters. You're like, yeah, but this is the Mosaic law, and Jesus came to do away with that. He came to do away with the Ten Commandments. He came to do away with the Sabbath that the Lord himself observed when he created everything. So you're smarter than the Lord now. But the Ten Commandments aren't any good? Yeah, everybody was like, eh, well, I don't know. I'm going to pick and choose. I'm like, you're okay with somebody sleeping with your wife now? That's okay. Grow up. Oh, my goodness. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, okay, your employees, your livestock. Well, I don't have any livestock. 
lawnmower? And any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. Why? Because you think that God ran out of energy? God's like, I need a nap. I'm exhausted. The all-powerful one. Right. He was showing you something. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. You're like, Pastor, I work in a nuclear power plant. Well, I don't... I would rather all of us not die. So somebody's got to take the Sunday shift. I get it. Why is it you? There's lots of unbelievers that have no problem working on Sundays. Why is it you? I'm a police officer and people commit crimes on Sundays. Agree. But you need to observe a Sabbath day. A day needs to be your Sabbath, and it needs to be holy unto the Lord. And I'll show you what to include and what to exclude to make it what qualifies it as a Sabbath day. I lost a job working for a guy one time who was one of those crazy Christians at work. He was a missionary. He used to be a missionary. And then I'm like, oh, missionaries throw drills across yards and swear and stuff. Dude was crazy. Losing that job was the best thing ever. But I lost a job because I didn't feel right about working on a Sunday. And my dad told me something that day, and he said, Look, if it only comes down to money, and money's the only reason that you did that, maybe that's not the best motivation. And maybe it's not about money, and maybe money's God. And something stuck in me that day. So what I would do when I would go to get another job, I was in the trades industry, I was an electrician, I would go and talk to the boss, and I would be like, so here's the deal. I will work six days a week, but Sundays is my day that I go to church with my family. This is my Sabbath. If anybody in the company can outwork me in seven days and can outwork me in six, fire me. And God made me supernatural in what I did. Like, I'm not bragging myself up because it was the Lord that touched what I did. I can tell you story after miracle story. I walked into a pump house one time that ran a whole town. And I'm like, they're like, this thing isn't working. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. These are all guys that work in this all the time. I walk in, I pick up a binder, go out to my truck, open it, one page, breaker, knock down, meter. There it is, walked away. And they're like, who is this man? <laughs> I just went out there and prayed in tongues in the car. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Binder. I could tell you story after story. I don't have time because I'm out of time. Here's what it needs to include. I'm not going to do that next scripture. This is what it includes. Rest. Now, this is not just like doing nothing rest. This is the Lord's rest you need to enter. Remember uh, Israel, they went into the wilderness for 40 years. But the scripture says they did not enter the Lord's rest. Now, 40 years of Israel in the wilderness where God fed them every day was like their summer vacation for 40 years. They didn't have jobs, everybody. They just wandered around and ate food that they found on the ground. Like, that's like the perfect summer, right? Like, oh, I woke up and my whole yard is covered in hamburgers. Like, oh, this is awesome. They had 40 years, but they never entered the rest of the Lord. There's a difference. It's not, it's rest, but it's the Lord's rest. Number two, it has to be in God's house. There has to be an element of God's house. Or you'll start thinking it's about your house and you'll start getting crazy in your house. You cannot solve your house in your house. By the way, that is why God, you're supposed to, your house is supposed to come to the Lord's house. It is connecting with God and people. You know the only people concerned about churches burning them out volunteering are people who don't volunteer at church. Were you at the baptism service? I'm good for another year. Like, I'm good. I heard those stories. I cried the whole time. I was exhausted. But my soul was so filled. I'm like, that's why we do what we do. That's, inc 
that we could even reach one person? It has to include gratitude and generosity. If you didn't say thanks, it's not a Sabbath. Generosity. If you didn't give, if you didn't sacrifice, if you didn't help somebody get healed, it's not a Sabbath. Number four, corporate worship and wonder. Did you sing and worship with your brothers? Then it's not a Sabbath. Early disciples had a church service. It has to include the house of the Lord in some regard, I think. Like, I'm just telling you. Number five, did God speak corporately? Then I don't know if it's a Sabbath. Then I don't think you're getting course corrected. Then I think you're on your own. It's not an online preacher preaching from somewhere else. This is the person, I got to say it, it's the shepherd that God gave you to help you. They can give you battle instructions, but that's not the battle you're in. You're in this city. You're here, you know. Now here's the cost for every Sabbath that you miss. You'll miss worship and wonder. Come on up, worship. You'll miss worship and wonder. And when you miss worship and wonder, your brain does not function right. Like scientifically, if you miss awe and wonder, your brain stops working. That's why COVID screwed everybody's brain up. Because I got to say, we closed, we closed corporate worship down and everybody went crazy. Why? Because when your brain isn't awe, filled with awe and wonder, it's how you get free of addictions too, everybody. Like you have to believe that there's God helping you. And, um, and people around you are going to have to deal with your brain and it's not working. And you'll keep telling them that it is. And it's very frustrating for them because something is just not connecting the way it should. Without gratitude and generosity, you'll get a God complex and entitlement. Because this place reminds you of the things that that God saved you from. Reminds you that, yeah, no, you're a sinner and God, but for his grace and mercy, loves you anyways. After a while, you start thinking that like, hey, my might created all this, my brain. I'm so pure and holy. And God's like, dude, seriously. God calls you dude. You'll miss course corrections. You'll get off track and try to correct your spouse. This, I think, is what it excludes, and I'm just going to take just a minute. Now, remember, you're like, but I have to do these things. Anything you have to do is your boss. Like, my staff have to do what I ask them to do. You're like, I have to do these things. I'm like, I have to do these things or I won't earn money. Money is boss. Do you want God to be the boss, or do you want anything else to be the boss? I'm just telling you. Here's what I think. I'm just going to throw these things out there, hurt your feelings, sing a worship song, and leave. Catching up on household chores. Plan ahead. I shouldn't plan ahead. Do it ahead of time. If you can beat it with a little planning and a little energy, beat it. Well, what if something happens to my dog? Take your dog to the vet. Like if if your donkey falls in a pit, the scripture says, pull your donkey out of the pit. This is not to be stupid in it. Like I'm honoring the Lord by my cat fell down the stairs. No, like use your head. But I don't think it's for like you catching up on hobbies. Remember, this is date night with the Lord. You can't just watch Kung Fu movies. Like I would love to watch Kung Fu movies on date night with my wife. But am I trying to connect with her or am I trying to connect with Kung Fu? Because Kung Fu, I can watch that on the couch and I will. Y'all are so slow right now. Okay. It's for reconnecting with God. I think we should avoid doing homework. I think we could do that on another day. I think we could. This is convicting us too. We're going to go fix some stuff. Here's what my Sabbath, I have to let God worry about you on my Sabbath. Because I would. I'm a protector. I love you. I have to be like, it'll wait or somebody else is going to take care of you or God's going to take care of you in the church. And that's not good. I got to remember where 
I begin and end and where God does the heavy lifting. And I'm like, this church belongs to the Lord. This is the Lord's house. I think we get groceries on another day. I mean, if you run out of milk, go get milk. But plan ahead. If it can be beat with planning ahead, why wouldn't you do that? Let's honor the Lord. I would challenge, it's going to hurt somebody, sports over church attendance. This is your team too, you know. And this team is eternal. And your hockey buddies are not going to save your marriage. They might kill your marriage. But your youth leaders will save it one day. Your kids' youth leaders. Ask your boss for Sunday off. Incentivize them. Do something. Try something. I would not plan weekend trips that exclude the Lord's house. You need a Sabbath. It needs to be corporate. There needs to be, if you didn't sing with brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that we're missing something. I think that we're out there enjoying all of God's creation, but forgetting about God. And I don't think that's great either. I think that there are things that we could just replan a little bit. I'm not saying don't go on vacation. Our family goes on vacation as well. But I'm saying like, look, this, we have to keep the Sabbath day or we'll go crazy. And crazy takes a lot of energy. All right. I've taken a little bit of uh, extra time here. There's so many more things I want to say. If we don't keep the Sabbath, you'll spend the rest of our week trying to get God to bless our plans when God only blesses his plans. I had some great stories. Listen, Chick-fil-A observes the Sabbath and I'm in love with Chick-fil-A and they're doing okay, everybody. And Sunday could be their big day, but they're like, we're going to follow the Lord in this thing. So I know this is challenging, but I love you and I hurt you because I love you. But I got to go home and make some changes too because I want to honor the Lord so that I can be honored and we only reap what we sow. All right, let's sing a song about the rest of the Lord.